Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I am so grateful that you are joining me this week. It is so hard to believe that tomorrow is the beginning of Lent. If you're anything like me, it seems like I just put away my Christmas decorations. The past few months have seemed to fly by, and here we are on Ash Wednesday. So we know that Ash Wednesday opens the door to a season where we look within our hearts and souls to find the habits that separate us from God. Lent gives us the opportunity to pause and take inventory of our lives. If I'm being honest with you, I have this love-hate relationship with Lent, and maybe that's a little harsh, but I love the opportunity during Lent that we do get to pause and look within and look at our habits and our beliefs and the actions that we're taking to see if they're moving us closer to Christ and further along on our faith journey or if we need to make some changes. I love that during Lent, it's usually when my faith seems to grow stronger, even though it's a time of stripping away. But that stripping away is that part of Lent that I also don't like because that's the part that is uncomfortable. That's the part where to grow closer to Christ, I usually have to give up something that I really like. And most often, it's something that I probably idolize, that I put on a pedestal. And in all honesty, at times, it becomes on a pedestal higher than Jesus. And so stripping it away, letting go of it, often creates discomfort. Um, It's no fun, right, to let go of the things that we really like. And sometimes it can be food, chocolate, wine, too much Netflix, scrolling on social media. But those are the things when we let go of them, it gives us an opportunity to grow in our spiritual walk. So today I'm going to share with you about Ash Wednesday, and then I'm going to um, give you some tips on how to use Lent as that opportunity for healing and spiritual growth. So Why do we go to church once a year and have ashes put on our forehead? What does that even mean? So we'll start with the ashes. The ashes are made from blessed palms that were used in the Palm Sunday celebration of the previous year. The priest blesses the ashes with holy water. 
While the ashes symbolize penance and contrition for sin, they are also this great reminder that God is gracious and merciful to those who call on Him with sorrowful hearts. This is what the divine mercy is. And the church during Lent calls us to seek out this divine mercy through quiet reflection, prayer, and penance. Mercy is often a word that is heard in Scripture. It's in prayer. It's in the words of the Mass. But let me ask you this. Have you ever reflected on what God's mercy looks like in your life? Have you ever really thought about the word mercy? And what does mercy mean? Several years ago, I participated in a women's small group where we read Father Gately's book, Merciful Love. And in this book, I'll never forget how he defined God's mercy. In fact, it was such a profound moment that I can still remember where the words were on the page as we read them. And as I read those words, I had this warm feeling wash over me. I had just this understanding. It was like things came together, and I had this understanding of how much God truly loves me. So here's what Father Gately said. He said, Mercy is an overflow of God's love that pours into our hearts and meets our brokenness. Isn't that beautiful? That God's, we have this abundant love, but that's not a love enough. That love then pours into our hearts and meets our brokenness. Here's the truth you and I, we both have brokenness. Everyone has brokenness. We live in a fallen world that includes sin and hurt and difficulty. It includes all of these things in our lives that don't always go the way we expected. Maybe it's grief or disappointment and those wounds from being hurt by others. But we all have brokenness. And so here's how I like to imagine God's mercy. So imagine that you have a ceramic vase and it has it's full of cracks. And you go to pour water in and you're thinking that the water's just going to seep through the cracks all over the table. But what happens when that water is poured in, it actually fills the cracks. They become whole. The vase becomes like new. That's what happens with God's mercy. When it pours into us, it goes to those cracks and it fills them and there's healing and we're made whole. I just thought that was so beautiful. And even though I read that book years ago, God's mercy, I still reflect on that. I still think about it. And in those times of brokenness, and sin and failure, whatever the pain is, I often imagine God's mercy pouring over me. And so those ashes are a reminder that God's great mercy is abundant and available anytime it's needed. It's not just there during the Lenten season or the Advent season. It's there during 
the entire year. Whenever we need it, all we have to do is ask. So the ashes are a reminder that you have a God of compassion who will never forsake you. Now let's look at the cross, because when the ashes are put on your forehead, they're in the, um, a symbol of a cross. That cross is a reminder that Jesus suffered and died to save you and me. During the 40 days of Lent, we are called to fast, pray, and reflect on the suffering and death of Jesus, and to engage in our own sacrifice and spiritual self-discipline. Remember that part of Lent that I said I didn't always look forward to? This is it. The sacrifice and spiritual self-discipline. Those things don't always feel good. In fact, they're often uncomfortable. But it's during this time that we can deepen our awareness of the sacrifice on the cross, as well as become aware of our daily sins and the unconditional love Jesus has for each one of us. His love is so great that he suffered and died on the cross. During Lent, we turn our eyes to the cross. And if you've never spent time just sitting in church during adoration or just during a quiet time before or after Mass, I encourage you to sit in church and turn your eyes to the cross. Reflect on the cross. Look at the body of Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you through that cross how much your Father loves you. The cross represents the suffering and death of Jesus, but it's also a reminder of the sacrificial love that Jesus has for you and for me. Even though we are broken and sinful, and even though at times we wander away from Him, So as we move forward, let's look at the letters in the word cross. They are a reminder of how you can approach the season of Lent to allow God to prepare you for Easter. That glorious day after all of that pain and suffering when we see that Jesus died for our sins to give us eternal life. So the C in cross is a reminder to connect with Christ. It's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of daily tasks and miss Christ's presence in the everyday, ordinary aspects of life. You know, those mundane parts of life that aren't really fun, you just do them out of habit, they don't really seem to make a difference. But God is always present. He's always with us. When we don't experience him when we don't feel his presence, it's usually because we've wandered away from him. So when you feel disconnected in your faith, you have two options. The first option is to keep moving away from God by searching for something in the world to fill that void or that hole or that yearning you have for something more. You may look towards food or drink or material goods or money or um, social media or Netflix, whatever it is. You're trying to find something to fill that void, that God-sized hole, so that you can feel complete, so that you can feel peace or joy. 
But you and I both know that this type of searching never ends because you can never replace your need for God with something from the world. So you will constantly be searching. This first option keeps you moving further and further away from God. Now, the second option is to just simply reconnect with Christ. And to reconnect, all you have to do is turn back to Him in prayer um, with gratitude, in the sacraments, in Scripture, and by opening your eyes to see His presence in your life, being still, finding that quiet time where you can reflect on the life of Jesus. God's presence is all around us. It's everywhere. It's in the beauty of nature. It's in the hug of a loved one, in the eyes of your spouse or your children. But here's the thing I think we tend to forget. Christ is also present in the pain. He's present in the trials, in the struggles. He's present when things don't always go the way we expected. He's there in the pain of loss and the uncertainties of the future and in the suffering during illness. These are little crosses that can be embraced and they can help you connect with Christ like never before. And as you connect with Christ, that's where your strength comes from. That's where you will find him and it will propel you and help you grow stronger on your faith journey. So the C and cross stands for connect with Christ. The R and cross stands for reflect. There's so much during Lent that we can reflect on. We can reflect on the passion of Jesus and how he willingly suffered and died for you and I so that we could be saved from our sins. The story of the passion begins in the garden where Jesus separates himself from the world to pray for the strength for what lies ahead. Even though he was Jesus, he still had to separate himself from his apostles and from the crowd. He had to find a quiet place where he could connect with the Father. Jesus knew that in order to get through what was going to lie ahead, he had to have the strength of his father. Jesus knew that his strength came from his father. And so we could reflect on the times that we've endured suffering or we've had, maybe now you have something ahead of you that you're not sure how it's going to turn out or what's going to happen. This is your opportunity to separate yourself, to find that quiet time and go to the source of the strength. You could also reflect on the betrayal of Jesus and then how he was denied by one of his greatest followers, Peter. You could reflect on how often are you like Peter? How often do you betray Jesus when you deny him to seek pleasures in the world? Remember, I mentioned when we try to fill that God-sized hole Those are the times that we often betray Jesus, when we look to something in the world for peace and comfort rather than Jesus. You could reflect on his arrest and the trial where he is found guilty. 
as we read these um, passages in the Bible, I often try to place myself in them um, when Jesus is carrying the cross or at the trial. And I wonder if I was standing in the crowd at that time, would I be calling for him to be crucified or would I be strong enough to stand up and be recognized as one of his followers? I hope it would be the second, but how often now do I find myself betraying him with a lukewarm faith or placing other priorities ahead of him? Maybe you can relate to that, but it's not a time to beat yourself up or to feel guilty, but it gives you an awareness of the times where you need to return to Jesus, when you need to reconnect and reflect on his life and his gospels and the teachings. Studying Christ's passion often helps you to develop a deeper love for the one who gave his life as a sacrifice for you and I. As you pray the Stations of the Cross, ask God to open your heart and your mind to experience them in a new and profound way. Instead of just going through the motions, experience them. Put yourself in that place and let Jesus speak to you. So the C is for connect with Christ and the R is for reflect on the life of Christ. The O in cross stands for offer it up. How many times have you ever heard that phrase when something goes wrong or you're enduring some sort of suffering? I think sometimes people say it wanting to encourage you or to make you feel better, but sometimes it can make you feel worse. The Catechism of the Catholic Church gives us a basis in which this offer it up saying comes from. The Catechism says, The cross is the unique sacrifice of Christ, the one mediator between God and men, but because in his incarnate divine person he has in some way united himself to every man, the possibility of being made partners in a way known to God in the Paschal mystery is offered to all men. So a relationship with Christ doesn't guarantee that life will be easy or problem-free. You know that, and I know that. A relationship with Christ does guarantee that you will be given the strength to endure whatever comes your way. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to save you and, and from your sins and to save me from my sins. When you offer up your pain and suffering, you are uniting your suffering with the suffering of Jesus. I have a morning offering that I like to recite each day. You may have one that's very similar. There's several versions out there. The one I say goes like this. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart and union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, for the reparation of sins, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. This prayer is an easy way for me to begin my day and to offer up everything that I encounter during the day and to also unite it with Jesus and to unite it with his suffering on the cross. 
here's the thing. We often think we have to do these huge, grand things for Jesus or to show up in big ways. But that's not true. We don't have to offer up big things. We can offer up the little things, the little annoyances or the little problems that may come up during the day. But that also means we can offer up the little joys, the little victories, the little gratitudes. You can also offer up your daily tasks at work and at home, even though they seem unimportant, they seem mundane. Like, why would you offer washing the dishes up to Jesus? And the answer is because he wants every part of it. He wants all parts of our life, not just the bad parts, not just the good parts, but Jesus wants to be a part of every single minute, every single moment of our day. So it's important to remember that God wants it all. So I encourage you, friend, to offer up your successes, your joys, your gratitude, and your happy moments too. Offer it all up. So the C stands for connect with Christ. The R stands for reflect on the life of Christ. The O stands for offer it all up. The first S in cross is for sacrifice, and we've already talked about that. Sometimes just saying the word sacrifice can create discomfort, but lends a time where we look at our hearts to see what we need to let go of to make more room for Christ in our daily lives. Sacrifices can come in different forms, like food or drink, maybe giving up screen time in exchange for more prayer time, getting to bed earlier so you can get up earlier and add in an extra mass. Maybe it's spending quiet time in adoration. There are so many ways that we can sacrifice for Christ. And I always like to invite the Holy Spirit in and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what is that thing or those, those few things that I need to let go of that are going to let me grow closer to Christ. In Matthew 24, we read, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Okay, we're almost to the end. C stands for connect with Christ, R stands for reflect on Christ, O stands for offer it up, and S stands for sacrifice. The final S in cross is for sin. You know, that thing in life that we don't like to talk about, that we're not ever proud of. Sometimes we try to avoid it. But sin is the reason that Jesus suffered and died on the cross. Lent is this beautiful opportunity to identify these areas of sin, the areas of temptation that create, that turn into sinful behavior in your life. Here's what I want to tell you, because I think we tend to forget this sometimes. Sin is a normal part of human life. 
but an awareness of how sin appears in your life is a first step towards reconnecting with Christ. There are so many times that we may think that our sins are too big, that they're unforgivable, that Jesus just can't overlook them. But friend, I'm here to tell you that Jesus took every one of those sins to the cross, the big ones, the little ones, the huge ones, the tiny ones. There's no sin too big or too small that can separate you from God's love. When sin separates you from God's love, it's because you're not aware or receiving the mercy the forgiveness and the love that God's ready to give you with a contrite heart. So during Lent, it's a time to acknowledge your sins and to make time for the sacrament of reconciliation. You can allow your sin to bring you closer to God by humbly confessing and then letting God's mercy Letting it pour into you, letting it heal your heart and soul, letting that mercy fill all of the brokenness so that you will be made whole. So we have connect with Christ, reflect on the passion, offer it up, sacrifice, and sin. The goal of Lent is to prepare for the greatest holy day of the year, Easter. Yes, Easter is the holiest day of the year. It's even more important than Christmas. It is Easter that reminds us of God's great glory and his promise of salvation. So doesn't it make sense if we're going to have this beautiful feast that we need to prepare our hearts and souls for such a great gift? All right, friends, I hope that this Lenten season brings you joy, brings you insight, and allows you to see God's great mercy in your life. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this season of Lent. We thank you for the opportunity to step away from the world so that you can remind us of the great love that you have for us. Lord, we ask that you reveal the habits or the idols that we have in our lives that separate us from you. And Lord, we ask you to give us the strength to let go of them, to replace them with you and your love. And Lord, we also ask that you reveal any sins or habits or temptations that are also separating us from you. And Lord, we just ask for your great mercy that you allow it to come over us and to heal us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. 
For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.